You are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. So we're in this series called uh, Happy New You, and the concept that we've been uh, really just kind of throwing out there is what if, what if there could be a new you? What if God would want to bless your life? And uh, so we've been kind of uh, just resonating and just kind of like chewing on the scripture in Proverbs, tw- Proverbs twenty nine eighteen that says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Confession is good for your soul. Come on, anybody want to agree that you've stumbled over yourself a few years? <laughs> a few times, I have three people that are honest in the room today, so... Uh, man, that's me, man. I have stumbled when I can't see where I'm going or uh, the pursuit that God is, wants me on. Man, sometimes it's just easy to slip up. And, uh, but if you continue to read, it, it gives you a little hope. That if you can see and then if we attend to what God reveals, you will be most blessed. They might be most blessed. And so in this series, we've, we've kind of set uh, this concept of what if we would look to God's word and let him uh, define what is good for our life. What if we would, were to lean in and say, God, speak to us? And a lot of you, I suggested or throughout this idea, gave you this challenge to do this 20-20 challenge to take 20 days and to read 20 minutes a day in God's word, allowing him to reveal things in you and his word. And so many of you have done that, and I've chatted with you, I've sat down with you, and you're like, man, this is the first time I've ever read my Bible. And man, that is something exciting, something I want to encourage you. You guys inspire me. Thank you for taking that challenge. And I'm hoping you see some life transformation through it. And then a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, not only does God want to show you through his word direction and leading and a a better way to live, to be honest, uh, he also wants us to attend the things that he gives us in some practical levels. And so last couple weeks ago, we we shared a list, and Val, I'm going to ask that you show that on the screen of of spiritual practice or practice. Uh, our practices, and it's communion, water baptism, giving of the tithe, word, meditation, prayer, fellowship, dedication, Sabbath, and fasting. And, and after that message, I, I threw that up there, and I realized I didn't equip any of you with how to do any of those, really. And so I kind of, like, for the last few weeks, were feeling a little bad. And so today, what I want to do is I want to focus on just one. I want to zoom into the Sabbath which I think might be one of the hardest uh, commandments that God has set before us. In fact, a lot of us, we don't view it as a commandment. We look at it as a great suggestion. And so, but I just wonder if, if we were to see, that we were to attend to what God shows, if God would begin to bless your life. And again, for those that are brand new here, I just want to tell you this. I'm not talking about a financial wealth. I'm not talking about a, a bigger budget or a bigger car or a bigger boat or a bigger home. I'm talking about a soul wealth that you've not yet experienced. God wants to provide in your life a happy new you, a blessed new you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So, hey, let's go ahead and zoom into the Sabbath, the the Sabbath practice. Now, let me just uh, preface everything I say with this. I am not an expert in living out the Sabbath. 
Christy is going to come up here momentarily, and, and you, if you know us, we're pretty good at just being honest, and we'll be a little bit more honest here later, but, but this is something that we're practicing, and this is something we're trying to get better at, and we just want to invite you to the weekly Sabbath, not because we're experts, but because we're sure trying. I'm just wondering if we could be a community that tries and says, Lord, hey, you know what, lead us in the process. And so today I want to ask you, or I want to answer uh, is what does the Bible, or in, what does the Sabbath look like in the Bible? And in order to do that, we have to jump, well, we have to read the whole Bible. So let's go ahead and open up to Genesis, uh, and, uh, and then eventually we're going to go to Exodus, and then we're going to jump into an encounter Jesus had with the leaders in his day in Mark, uh, but just bear with me as we kind of uh, cruise through some scriptures, and, uh, and again, it, won't, it will be a really long sermon, so I hope you have a snack and some coffee. No. Uh, Genesis 2, yeah, we got one person that's excited. Woo! Uh, Genesis 2, uh, 1 and 2 says, Thus the heavens and earth were completed in all the, their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Now, if you're a Christian, if you've been following Christ, if you've been reading your scripture, you would understand that God created us in his image. That God created us like God. We're not gods. But that God created, like, created us like him. The problem is, is when we come along and we try to create God like us. Anybody ever try to do that? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work out very well. And what happens is this, is, is, is if God has worked for six days and he rested on the seventh and God made us like him or in his image, then we should start getting the hint that maybe we need to rest, that we weren't just created to work, that we weren't just created to care for the world around us or for our business, but God wants us to find rest and worship on the seventh day. Then it says in verse three, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating of what he had done. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is this, is the very first thing that God made holy was not a person and it was not a place. It was a time. And I think a lot of us, we, we, we like to uh, read scripture and, 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 and we can kind of like put it in the context or our vision and, and say, okay, God, that's really nice. But when we take a step back and begin to realize that God, for whatever reason, we may not understand why, uh, but he made a day, he made a rhythm holy, maybe we should pay a little bit more attention. Uh, I want to ask you this is, or let me just make this statement, is how, how you or how we use our time is the number one factor that reveals who we serve, who we worship, and who we follow. There's a Jewish uh, scholar, Jewish rabbi, and he, he made this statement, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but he said, the Sabbath is like one of our greatest cathedrals and holy of holy, of, of shrines, but neither the Romans nor the Germans are able to destroy it. You know what? When it comes to our Christian context, we've destroyed it. 
Because we look at the Sabbath as a suggestion and not a commandment. And so let's continue in the process. So first God, uh, he, he, he deals and he creates the earth and he works and he works and he works and then he rests. Then he says, this is holy. And then in Exodus, uh, what we see is we've got the Israelites and they've just been rescued from Egypt. And now they're in the process of restoration and they're stepping and trying to move towards this promised land, this blessed type of life that God has created for them. And one of the things he does is he creates these commandments, 10 of them. In fact, they're these 10 words that he says, hey, if you apply these, you should apply these to your life. And God begins to encourage them and train them how to become restored and so he gives the first four commandments and and those are to help the Israelites relate between themselves and God this vertical relationships relationship and then the next six have a lot to do with our horizontal relationship and the first four is where where the Sabbath lies, and in, 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 in fact, if you read the Exodus account, there's a lot of emphasis that's put on to the Sabbath, that God really cares about it. God isn't just encouraging us to Sabbath, he's commanding us to do so. And historically, what we find is the Israelites, man, they tried. They tried to apply it, and right out of, like, right in the desert, man, God tried to, like, throw things certain, like, their way, and, and they just had this propensity to just, and this rhythm of work, 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 work as slaves in Egypt, and it was hard for them to break it. And it took time for, to, time for them to do it, and, and eventually, when it comes to Jesus' day, what we find is, is some of the Jewish leaders had really figured out that rhythm, but quite possibly, maybe a little bit too far. And that's where we come to this Mark uh, chapter 2 reference. But just to give you a little bit of context where Jesus is, uh, is walking in, really, and where he's stepping in the day and age that he lives in and the people he's surrounded by. Some Jewish leaders had created what uh, is called the 39 restrictions of the Sabbath. That there's 39 things that you should not do if you're going to be a devout Jewish person trying to honor and worship in the Sabbath. And and, and this is the list. And and I I share this list not to to make fun of, of what they've come up with, but to just present this heavy, heavy laden burden called the Sabbath, that if we're not careful, uh, we, we begin to put a religious tone to it, and, and all of a sudden, we begin to serve the Sabbath instead of the ser- Sabbath serving us. Y'all get what I'm trying to say? And so if we look at the Mark reference of Mark chapter 2, 23, it says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his dis- as his disciples were walking along, they began to pick some of the heads of the grain. And then the Pharisees said to Jesus, he said, look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Now, the context of of this story, of this messaging, is is that's kind of how they handle the Sabbath. That's the things that they try to do. That's how serious they take it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus' disciples, he's a rabbi, and there are people following him, and they're doing certain things, and they're picking grain, and they're saying, no, but that's not right. And then Jesus looks at that religious system and he says this. He says to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not the man for Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord even of 
the Sabbath. And now the Pharisees, I got to be honest, they were pretty angry at Jesus because, because I think they were, they thought that Jesus was devaluing the Sabbath. But I want to tell you, I believe that Jesus was redefining the Sabbath. He wasn't coming along in the Sabbath and saying it has no value. He's saying, but no, you need to see it differently. How did he redefine it? He stepped into the Sabbath, and, and actually I think he permitted the disciples to do that, to have this conversation so he could look at the religious leaders of the time and say this, hey, the Sabbath is all about me. The Sabbath and that practice should lead you to Jesus. When we read scriptures, scriptures, no matter if they're old or they're in the New Testament, they should lead you to Jesus. And the same thing is with the Sabbath. And Jesus, like I said, he didn't devalue the Sabbath. He redefined the Sabbath. The Sabbath is meant to lead to Jesus. But I think the sad part of the modern day Christian community is we've we've completely made Sabbath a suggestion. And we're like, well, yeah, it's a good idea. But that doesn't really work in my context because I'm a business owner or I have a, a really large, large responsibility at work with hundreds of people that I have to take care of or I've got to feed this many mouths and I have to work and I have to work, I have to work in order to have my needs met. And, and I just sense what Jesus wants to whisper today is that they, to tell us today and remind this community of people, is that there is a different way. That God can do more when we trust him with our less. And so what we want to do is just begin to answer uh, some additional questions. And I want to invite my beautifully balanced, wonderful wife to talk about the balance of life and Sabbath and how can we do this as a community, as a family, as friends, uh, as we step into a new season of our life. Yeah, for Andy and I, we definitely, it is our goal always to be transparent with you guys and share where we're at in our journey. And if we're being completely honest, this past year has been the worst year as far as balance. It's been an amazing year. Starting a church has been a blast, but, you know, and I'm not proud of it, but I've gone two, three months without days off this past year when we were prepping to start Echo and into the fall season. And so, When we were studying and just practicing what we wanted to discuss and even just in conversations, I feel like everywhere I go lately, the Sabbath has been brought up, whether it's a podcast or a sermon or a conversation or I'm in the word. And I just think that for me, if I'm being honest, I'm 38 years old and I have done a really good job of being a human doing and not a human being. And I have, for some reason, I don't, I have found my identity And just my natural personality, you know, we talk Enneagram, I'm a three. And so it's like I constantly am like, well, I I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And I am definitely the one that's running around and pretty much have judged people when they're resting because I am like. She's talking about me. I am. (laughs) Come on, can I hear it? Amen for a nap. I was actually laughing at Andy's list. The I was he wrote thirteen Christy, which was cleaning because I that's what I do on my day off. I clean. I run errands. I saw that. Thank you. So <gasps> hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yeah, but we are here and we are determined to make this difference, and we are plowing through it. And I think what's really unique is 
This is the fourth commandment, and it, like he said earlier, it is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. God is not encouraging us. We heard a word earlier this week, like a lot of times we take what the Bible says as like, oh, God's encouraging me to do this. No, it's an expectation. It's a commandment, and it is time. And I, what I love is in my message version that I was reading is the seventh day is a day of observation. And for me, yes, it's observing God, but it's observing the ones I love too. It's stopping. It's not, we're not telling you, all of you go find your own room and go do, you know, I'm sorry, I'm on Sabbath. I'm going to be alone all day long. And maybe you need that. Maybe you need some solitude. But for us, it's who do we love the most? It's the people in our four walls. It's stopping. It's reflecting. It's observing our daughters. It's observing Andy. It's coming together as a family and really just pausing and reflecting. So what we want to do is just try to like, Maybe bring some, some practical application to how we could find this weekly rhythm without getting stuck into religiosity and find rest mm-hmm. and worship of God. And so the, the question we want to answer is, why the Sabbath? Why would we do this? And, 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 and for those that have been around Echo, you know this. I, I'm kind of this figurative... Uh, I have a figurative nature, and I come up with these weird statements and things like this. And, and I felt like the Lord whispered to me as we were preparing, as I was preparing for the Sabbath concept, is the reason why we need to, to, to apply the Sabbath to our life is that we were never made to live, like, live life like a freight train. Life is actually supposed to be more like our morning commute. And there's st- strategic stops, and there's a strategic plan. That's supposed to be in place. And that's what I think God wants to, to rejuvenate in my life and Christie's life and hopefully in, in yours. And, and here's another good reason. The Huffington, Huffington Post has an article uh, about a study uh, that this group, this blue group or something like that, had made uh, about a, a bunch of different groups of individuals. One was the seven-day Adventist. And they said, they, they made this claim that, that the seven-day group live uh, on average, 10 years longer than the other groups that they studied. And they attribute a lot of that to the Sabbath. Some of it is, yes, lifestyle choices and things like that, uh, but, but a lot of it comes on to the Sabbath. And so, so anybody want to grow old? Come on, man. Like, come on. Don't we all need 10 extra years? Well, some of you are like, I am not Sabbathing. No, that's enough reason why I'm not going to do it. Uh, here's another reason why rest is good relationships are good and God wants to renew you on a weekly basis. That's the why. That's why we should stop. We should pause and we should say, Lord, may we, not, we might not understand this whole Sabbath concept, but we're going to try. And we don't have enough time to really unpack the full concept of the Sabbath, but I've done a considerable amount of reading about it. And uh, I'm going to ask Vel to put the picture of some books uh, that you can study on your own uh, uh, when it comes to your weekly pursuit. And so go ahead and take some pictures. That top one is written by a Jewish rabbi. Just understand that as you uh, navigate your own faith and some of the things that he says, but really just some profound reading here. If you want to take the next steps in the Sabbath and maybe even hear some more wise, which by the way, is a great way to, great time to take a picture uh, that's on the screen. So you actually buy that on, on Amazon later this week. But Christy, why don't you talk about the when and who we could invite to the Sabbath? Yeah, so the when can look differently for everyone. And we just encourage you, if you do have a family or you live with people, to 
on the way home today to have that conversation, to look at your calendar. And I think a lot of times it's really easy to say, I'll get to that later, or this year I'm going to start doing that. But just really intentional in implementing it today. For us, we're doing it weekly. So we're doing dusk to dusk. So Fridays, we're starting our Sabbath. We know that Rochester is a unique city. A lot of you work crazy shifts. You're in the hospitals. You're working nights. You're working weekends. So for you, it might not be a set day every week like we can do as a family. Maybe it's looking at your calendar weekly or every few days. Like Maybe it's a couple hours a week at a time, and you're just breaking it up just because that's your normal and your family. And so we just encourage you to have that conversation, to be on the same page, and just to try it. Um, for us, we're going to start Friday. So with with that and how that's going to look for our family is we're going to open it up at the table. And so it's Friday night. It's dinner with our girls. It's lighting the candles. And honestly, it's that simple act of like our home is a sanctuary and our home is a safe haven because this, the world is messy and it's hard. And so it's that simple symbolism of lighting the candle with our daughters. We encourage you, you can read scripture at the table. A great verse is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And it's, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Yep. Want me to keep going? That's the... <laughs> you could, right? I know. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, I just want to uh, just rewind just for a second. We, the, the, when, the when, man, that's up to you. Make that work for you. And, and, uh, but we would suggest a 24-hour period. Uh, it, it, honestly, yesterday was, our, was a, an attempt for us, and it felt good for me. Uh, and I took a nap. <laughs> First nap in a long but time. But the idea is like, like, yeah, maybe set a time aside to rest and to worship and to slow down and just trust God that he can do more with your less, like I'd mentioned. But, yeah. but uh, we talk about the who. Man, invite your family into this. For those that don't have a family, man, invite your friends. Mm-hmm. If you don't have friends, man, this is a great opportunity to join a table community and to in, really just start uh, with that as a concept of your Sabbath. And maybe that general meeting time is the beginning of that and, and the gathering of people with like faith and saying, God, hey, here I am. But let me just present this idea with the who. Uh, I think what's significant about the Sabbath is this, is scripturally in the Old Testament, you find this, that God calls us to be the priest of our home. And when it comes to the Sabbath, it takes a priest of a home to make something like this happen. And some of you can look at us and go, but go, Andy and Christy, you're our pastors. Just lead us. Well, I'm not living with you. You're not living with me. And you should thank God for that. I wear sweatpants all the time. (laughs) But here's the deal. God has called you to be the priest. Now, some of you are like, man, like some of you guys are like, oh, yeah, can't someone else do that? No, you should do that. But there's some women in here who are like, man, I'm single. Or my husband doesn't want to lead. Be the priest. Lead your home. There are some children in here. There are some teens that come in here, and your parents don't even come. Lead. Because God calls you to lead. And the Sabbath is this physical statement of the inward commitment that we have for God. Can I hear an amen? And it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God wants you to lead 
through his word. And we want to invite you to do that. And so how do we start our Sabbath? The Sabbath, as Christy mentioned, is, man, we want to invite you to, to join us as we're going to start our Sabbath with a meal. And this is something that has been done for, for years upon years in the Jewish and Christian circles of, of, of lighting that candle. And, 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 and that, that candle is this significance of, of saying, hey, the Sabbath dinner should be a reminder that our home is a haven in this dark world. That God has called us to be the light of the world. And and we do different things than the world does. Yeah, I love this little soapbox. Can I do do, do, it? A lot of times we get so worried about the don'ts and what we can't do and who we shouldn't be. And that's what we showed the world. How cool it'd be if we'd be a church that says, hey, you know what? This is what we do to honor God. And the Sabbath is one of those things. Scott's excited about it, so we'll continue. Uh, the communion is the second element that we're, we're saying that you could, you could uh, involved in that meal, and, and it's the concept of eating and drinking and remembering Jesus, and the traditional way to do that, again, is the bread and wine or the grape juice, or, uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know if Jesus cares, it could be pizza and a drink. Would you pause and remember Jesus? Now, let me just uh, paint this picture. Christy and I are going to do this, and we're going to try to implement this in our home. But we know that just even that lighting of a candle and reading a scripture, we're already burning the house down because our kids are going to be rolling on the ground. They're going to be throwing food. They might grab the candle and burn our chandelier or whatever it is. Y'all know what I'm saying? The struggle is going to be real. This is going to be extremely difficult for many of us, for sure, if we have a family. And to be honest, even if you have friends, because our fr- we don't think like that. We don't unplug. We, we get stuck looking at a screen, but God is wanting to be invited to the table. He wants us to invite those that we love and care for and to stop and to celebrate Jesus. Yeah. And again, 1 Corinthians 11.23 is a great way to remember Jesus and, and remind us of the communion, uh, the Lord's table that he presented. And I, I love this, how this pastor had mentioned this as I was studying this. He said, the Sabbath is kind of like this. Jesus comes to your door and he knocks on it weekly and he says, will you invite me in? Will you join Jesus in the Sabbath? And then lastly, the Sabbath, and just really to help you remember is, man, it's all about conversation. Conversation and communion with God and others. Would we love those around us? And, but the Sabbath, it's not all about just eating a meal. It's about a different way to view seven days a week. Only way you're going to be able to accomplish a, sa- a Sabbath or that seventh day rest is living in a certain way six days to prepare for the seventh. And there's more to it. Christy, you got a few things? Yeah, one thing that has been on my heart a lot that I have just recently implemented in my daily life is I am working on unplugging. And when I say unplugging, we all have our devices. It's your cell phone, it's your computer, it's your iPad, it's your TV, it's all the things. And it's just crazy to me how we all, you know, our phones are beeping and dinging all day long. And for me, it's like a constant reminder or distraction, you know. And I was reading, a, I read a quote that it said, that every ding you get or notification, if you respond to it, it takes 23 minutes to refocus if you're in the middle of a project or you're working. And recently, I have just stressed to Andy in this past year that we've had that I just have felt the most, I've been very anxious. I've felt just like I don't, 
I'm never shutting off my brain. I have so many tabs open, and it's no wonder when you think of all the things that are coming at us on a daily basis. And I'm not here telling you, like, get rid of everything. Get rid of your phone. But maybe God's calling you to unplug a little bit. For me, it's no more sleeping with my phone in my room. My phone was on our nightstand or in my bed because it was my alarm clock. So every night I'm going to bed and I'm on my phone. Every morning I'm waking up to my phone before my feet even hit the ground. And I have just made... Recently, I bought an analog clock on Amazon Prime. It's on our nightstand. I put my phone in their kitchen, and I am shutting, like, putting it away for my goals 10 hours at night. I don't want to see it. So even if I'm up, I want to end my day reading and praying, and I want to start my day reading and praying before I even look at my device. And another thing that God's been calling me to do is even when you're at the table, is your phone next to your plate? Is it in your pocket? Is it on your lap? And for us, our girls, you know, our oldest is turning 10 in the next month. She doesn't have a device yet or a phone, but we want to implement this change now because we know, and if you're a teen in this room, like it's just so easy to have your phone with you all the time. And so maybe God's calling you to just realign your focus and focus on the people in front of you and focus on him. And I just think that, Yes, it's normal. Yes, we are around our phones all the time, and it's amazing, and it's fingertip away. But for me, it's the unplugging on the Sabbath. And just even to have that great appreciation, you guys, we can, like, search anything in, like, a matter of 30 seconds now, and it's just normal. I mean, does anyone remember, like, when you would, if I'm going to Kylie's house, like, hey, Kylie, I'm coming over. Can I have the directions? And you're writing it down, and I'm, like, handwriting, or I'm going to mapquest.com. Anyone remember? And, you know, like, and all those things, like, it's a good thing, but maybe it's just, like, why not not have that for a day or a half a day? And so, yes, it's setting up your six days so you can have that, but this has been a big thing on my heart to live a 24-6 Sabbath and no tech and just to shut off the noise. Um, I wanted to read just something that I had read to is I, I think the most significant work we'll do in our whole life in our whole world is done within the four walls of our home. And I just want you guys to pause and reflect on that. And another thing that I had read from one of our pastors that we love, John Mark Comer, and it says, and this is just something that I'm seeking every day, is I want margin over busyness. I want a life of slow I want quiet over the noise. I want deep relationships over isolation. I want to delight over distraction, enjoyment over envy, clarity of who we are over confusion. I want gratitude over greed. And I want my identity to be by who I am loved by, not by what I do. And I don't know if that's for someone in this room, but just challenge you to what, what is your why? What do you want it to look like? What do you want your daily focus to be? Christine, um, just for focal reasons, will you close your eyes, uh, you bow your head so you're not looking around. I, as I was preparing and we were processing through this message today, I thought it was very timely, a timely message to transition into the next series we're going to call Us. I feel like the Sabbath, it's this putting Jesus at the center of your home, putting Jesus at the center of of your life, putting Jesus even at the center of your time and saying, God, we don't understand why you say work six days and on the seventh rest, but because you say it, we're going to do it. 
that quite, I just want to present this idea that maybe the Sabbath would be a good first step for us as a community at Echo or us in our family or us with our friends. It's a return to us. It's a first step of the restoration that God wants to do in relationships, not only with God vertically, but with us horizontally. And as Christy mentioned, there are tons and tons of things and distractions that catch our attention. And I'm just wondering if we would just set this weekly moment, this weekly 24 hours a day and say, Lord, you know what? You can have all of me. Will you begin to restore? Will you begin to renew? And uh, as I was thinking about this message. I had this little analogy or illustration. This last Thursday, I was setting up and getting ready to pull a trailer out of my garage and go to worship practice. And in the process, I was I was trying to like just work as hard as I could to get this this hitch to fall onto the ball of my truck. And in the process, I was wearing these dumb uh, Red Wing shoes that have no grips. It's all about image. It's amazing. And uh, and I and I slipped and I fell on my shoulder onto the onto the trailer and uh, anyway I went to practice and we had a great time and and I went to bed and and then in the morning I woke up and I had this sore shoulder but I couldn't remember why I had this sore shoulder and I was like I didn't work out I don't really know what I mean what no one punched me I don't think I'm trying to remember and then I realized and 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 I felt like even God reminded me like dude don't you remember you fell on the dumb trailer and I was like ah yeah and then all of a sudden just something dropped in my heart And I felt like the Lord said, there are going to be people that come into Echo on Sunday morning and they have a pain. They have an anxiety. They have some mental health issues. And they've been sitting there scratching their head, trying to figure out why that pain, why that anxiety, why the mental health issues are. And you are to whisper them this message. It's because you aren't obedient with the Sabbath. Maybe the pain is because we have bought into the lie that if we work and we work and we work and we work, then we will achieve what we want. And God, really through his son, Jesus Christ, he's, he defeats that mentality. And he actually says, it takes nothing for me to love you more. You don't have to Sabbath to be accepted because I will come here and I will rescue you. God has a vision of full restoration, of full blessing, of full soul's wealth for your life. And it starts with rescue. I want to tell you, and I'll make it very clear, the Sabbath is a response to that rescue in Jesus. The Sabbath is a tool for restoration, but first we must receive God's rescue. And we here at Echo want to make it easy for those that come and they don't have a relationship with God. You come in here and you feel far from God. You don't even know where to start. We want to give you that first step. And it's a simple prayer that just says, Jesus, I can't find rest on my own. I can't fix it. I've tried and I want to surrender. I want to take steps with you, Jesus. So Echo, I'm going to ask that you would just stand up. Church, can we stand up? And as we do every week, I want to invite people that feel far from God to pray this prayer and take a step towards God. And we want to make it easy, so we're going to pray it with you. Echo, prayed along with me. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, 
you died and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Man, church just gets me excited. I tell you what, one of the things we love to do is we believe that people are coming to their faith, they're taking next steps in their faith every single week. And so when that happens, we want to celebrate that. Will you guys celebrate that with me right now? Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are theecho.church slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church to get all the details and upcoming services and events.